0: The way that we do church today, especially you all in this contemporary worship space, is a unique thing. You see, the churches of old, they were in temples. You've read it about them before. They've got these giant porticos. They've got different spaces where people can enter in. There was a courtyard, and then there was another space, and then you got to the Holy of Holies. It's something that you would liken to the basilicas, Or cathedrals that you've seen in Paris and Rome. But the way that the early church started was very different than that. It's very different than the temples that the Jewish people had been worshiping in before. It was very different than that. It was a house. It was the steps outside of a building. It was what? Where did they be? Or where were they? Thank you. Got thrown off track. Where were they worshiping? They were worshiping in all of these different spaces, and sometimes there were two or more. Sometimes it was five. Sometimes it was ten. And when they got to be a little bit bigger, they would often worship in a high-up official's house. And that house and that space looked very different than the temples. And so you can see that the early church was worshiping in different kinds of spaces. And they were different from the get-go. And here we are today, we're worshiping in a different kind of a space than maybe our parents have even worshiped in. And I want you to know, and maybe you've reconciled this already, that however you worship is the way that you're supposed to be worshiping. If that's in the mountains, a couple weekends ago, we went to family camp and it was so marvelous to worship outside as a church family. If that's in these seats Where some of you flip back and forth between the traditional worship service. The way that you worship is the way that you worship. And that is how it is to be. And we are to get to the uniqueness of who we are because that's where God is calling us to be. And so the church in Galatia. Now I've been a couple of places in the Mediterranean world. And so there were these churches that Paul, the apostle, wrote the letters to. Now see if you can follow me here. He wrote Galatians to the people of Galatia. He wrote Colossians to the people of Colossae. He wrote Ephesians to the people of Ephesus. He wrote Corinthians to the people of Corinth. And there were various churches in all of these places, but Paul, in his vast missionary journeys, he spent decades doing this. And he would go to these places and see where the people were gathering and say, that's where God is. And so meet there. Meet there so that you can be where God is. God will meet you where you are. And these spaces and places looked different. And eons went on and people built buildings so that we could have fancy microphones. So that we could preach the word of God. But back in the church of Galatia, it started like this. It started with a letter. And so our post office people are coming around, and they are handing out letters to you. And so this is how the people got their mail. They got it in a letter. Now, these days, I get dozens and dozens of emails, and I delete most of them until I find the ones from you all. And it's so easy to delete, but back in the day, the letter... The written word was so precious that they kept them. They kept them in the city center. The officials, the priests, the rabbis, they were the ones that had them. But here, you have it in your hands. The word of the Lord for today. Let's read it. Dear Galatians. Paul, an apostle sent neither by human commission nor by human authorities, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead and all the members of God's family who are with me to the churches of Galatia. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to set us free from the present evil age. According to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul goes on to say, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you into the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another gospel, but there are some who are confusing you and want to pervert you to a different gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should proclaim to you a gospel contrary to what we proclaim to you, Let that one be accursed, as we have said before. And so I now repeat, if anyone proclaims to you a gospel contrary to what you received, let that one be accursed. I am now, I am not seeking human approval or God's approval. Or am I trying to please people? If I were still pleasing people, I wouldn't be a servant of Christ. For I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel that was proclaimed by me is not of human origin, for it did not receive it from a human source, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray as we let that resonate in our hearts and minds. O Lord, as we have heard your word... Let it be present to us. Let it be cherished to us, such as a letter was cherished back in the day. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Back in the day, it was letters, and they were so important the time of ravens bringing notes to people that ended in the era of the game of thrones and so letters was the way that what people got everything and i want to debunk something for you because this letter was for them yes but it's also for us paul knew I think that he was writing to the future church of Galatia, but he didn't necessarily know that the church of Galatia would pass on and on and on and be here for you sitting in this chair. You see, that's how the word spread, but they had this us, them mentality then. And we have this us, them mentality now, do we not? Aren't we on the inside club? We are the knowers of this secret gospel. And them out there, they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're not here. This is the chair they're supposed to be in. We're in the inside club, aren't we? But is it really about us versus them? And isn't that exactly what Paul is talking about? There's an us versus them mentality. In the scripture, you read at verse 6, and it says, Free. That's my favorite word. If you don't listen to anything else I say, I want you to know that the gospel is free. And so here it is. I'm laying it out to you. So there was this church in Galatia that Paul had gotten to. And he said to the churches there, this is how you build yourselves. Paul was into people building. Gather together together. Have great time of worship. Listen to the word of the Lord. The various things that they had written down. The oral tradition that was passed on to them. And then the churches grew. They had a wonderful children's ministry and had a food distribution center that would marvel ours. Just kidding. The churches in Galatia were started. They were beautiful. And Paul had one thing to say to them. He said, the gospel is that God's grace is free God's love is free to you, but then they heard a different kind of a gospel, and that's what Paul was talking about a little bit later. He, they heard a different gospel, and it was contrary. It's kind of like this. Okay, so what if I was somewhere, and I was trying to build in the middle of nowhere, I don't know, Saint Gabriel, just kidding, I'm trying to build a community center, and I want this community center just to have one big room. I wanted to have one door that everybody got to enter into and people of all ethnicities, people of all uh, different kind of language speaking, people who were different walks of life, intergenerational people were able to come to this community center. So we built this foundation. It was beautiful. And we built some of these walls. Maybe there's no walls, but we wanted it to be a place where people could come in. But then I got called away. I needed to go do something else for a while. And other people said, huh, that looks like a great plot of land. Let's look at the plans. Oh, no, these plans aren't going to go all that well. What this building really should be is a building with two different entrances so that different types of people can come into them. It's going to be a building with multiple rooms so that we can separate people. Maybe we won't even let certain people inside. And so I myself come back to this room and I go, this isn't, this isn't the dream. This isn't what is supposed to be in this room. Here I was trying to include everyone, not have exclusivity. And here you are excluding people. You're pushing people aside. You're creating divides within people. And that's what Paul said. This gospel is for everyone. This gospel of love is for everyone. And the Judaizers, that's what they were called at the time, and you can unpack that word in your head. Yes, they were Jewish people who turned Christian. And so they said that you needed to follow Jewish laws in order to be Christian. I mean, that seems logical, that you would be Jewish before you were Christian. But that's not what God said to do. Jesus, when he was coming to people, ripped away all of those 600 laws that are in the Jewish Old Testament. No longer did you have to be circumcised before you became a Christian. No longer did you have to uphold all of the rules and regulations like Sabbath in order to be Christian. Jesus' love was free And clear for you. But the Judaizers, they were trying to make it not so free. They were trying to put stipulations. They were trying to put, yeah, Jesus, but, or, do we do that? If you do this, then you'll be saved. Maybe this hasn't come out of your mouth. Maybe you've heard this. Maybe this is something that's been in someone's heart. And you've wrestled with it. Clean up your act or cover your body and then you can come to Jesus. Stop abusing that substance and then you can come to Jesus. Believe in these things first and then you can walk into our church. Make sure you agree with these things before you come. Set aside money for this or that. That's where your priority should be before you're a Christian. Hate everyone who does that before you're a christian answer these questions correctly before you stand in front of those who are christian but hear this it is by grace and faith alone that you are saved it is by grace and faith alone that you are saved and that is the true message of jesus christ but history hasn't been so kind We've gotten it muddled from the church in Galatia all the way through. You remember Galileo? That era in time, they said that you needed to be Christian. And there was the gospel of Jesus Christ and the gospel of the world is flat. And if you didn't believe that the world was flat, then you were not a Christian. In the mid-1800s, missionaries went throughout Africa and said, You believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ? But you also need to be Western in your clothing, your behavior, and your reading of the gospel and hymn singing. The gospel and. And the 1950s is a little bit closer to us. And you needed to be Christian, and the gospel became Jesus Christ and being anti-communist. Soon thereafter, it was anti-abortion. And today, we wrestle with things like the LGBT community, fighting terrorism, an ethnic rivalry you need to be christian and is not written anywhere in the bible is our message the good news of the gospel is that you are welcomed into god's family if you dot 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 or is it you are welcomed into god's family period We are not just equipped to look at somebody's life and dictate who is acting Christian or not. There's no end to the things that believers think that are sin. Playing cards, movies, secular music, pants on women, what? <laughs> it seems silly, but we do. We draw these lines. And it's a challenge. It was a challenge for the people of Galatia. It was a challenge throughout history. and It's a challenge for us sitting in these pews. And it might not be a challenge for you, but is it a challenge for someone in your family or someone that you know? You are that light to them. Now, obviously, we must all practice discernment and wisdom, but the gospel incorrectly applied does not create bondage, but it creates freedom. Because it means that people with these convictions about behavior, they are in control of us, but isn't God in control? Isn't God in control? Now, for those of you who know me, I have a favorite theologian, and he's so very accessible. There's tons of theologians that I love. I love reading C.S. Lewis. I love reading N.T. Wright. I love reading Bonhoeffer. But I also love reading Rob Bell, and he's so accessible because he lives right here in West Hollywood. There's a show you can go to on Tuesday night if you want to know about it more. But Rob Bell is a proponent of inclusivity, and I'll use him as a particular example now, but read more into him. He considers that the spiritual practice can be outside the confines of the pew. It can be elsewhere, and that's where we came from, right? The people of Galatia weren't worshiping in pews with a rigid set of who can be sitting in these pews or not, and so Rob Bell, who was a megachurch pastor, decided to leave that all behind, and his church is now the United States, the world. He speaks to people, and some people say, oh, he's dumbing down Christianity, but you don't even understand the words that we say. Justification, salvation, loving everyone. These are complicated words for somebody to know. It's Christianese. And so he's trying to break down those walls. He's trying to make a big room so that everybody can come into them. He's trying to make sure that people don't feel excluded And that this gospel message can be for you. He says no matter how accessible you make, it seems to be co-opted by somebody. And so here is where we tell our stories. Here is where we learn to tell our stories so that we can go out into the world and tell our stories. And it's a simple story, isn't it? And it's a letter to your friend. It's a letter to your coworker. It's a letter to somebody other. Look at them for who they are. Look at them inside and see what Jesus sees inside of them. And I nudge you, I urge you, I push you to walk to the other side of the line and not just think, oh, those types of people might be great at San Marino Community Church. Those people might be great at a church. But walk across that line. Tell them the gospel of Christ. Because that's what Jesus did. Jesus walked to the well in the middle of the day to meet the Samaritan woman, who was other, and and he told her the gospel, period. Jesus walked into the tax collector's home and told them the gospel, period. Jesus walked to the centurion and told him the gospel, period. There's dozens of stories in the scriptures of what Jesus did and none of them include Jesus told them you have to do all of these different things before you can come to me and put up barriers. He didn't. And I'll leave you with this. One of my favorite quotes by Hugh Lowell. Every time you use religion to draw a line to keep people out, Jesus is with the other people on the other side of the line. Would you pray with me? O Lord our God, we come to you such humble servants. But we come to you as people. We come to you as people who want to know you and serve you and be authentic to you. And so as we hear the depth of those who are other, that they yearn to know you, yearn to know something that they can't even articulate. Let it be that we don't provide any barriers Let it be that we don't stand in the way of you. Let it be us preaching the gospel, period. Amen and amen.